welcome to We Talk Films on a Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Osborne, and with me we have Sarah, cooking screen cook. Hello! And Mojo Johnson. Hello! Unfortunately, our other co-host, Gloria, cannot be here because she is sitting with goats. But we'll move on, and we will prevail. So let's get into the business. What have we been watching? Okay, I'm going to start off here. Um, This month I went to go see a film by a very prominent studio, which I'm sure you guys are all aware of. I went to go see the latest Studio Ghibli offering, which is when Marnie was there. I'm still getting into Studio Ghibli as as a, a studio and their work, but everything I see from them is just really good. I don't think they've made a bad film. I think some of their stuff is is stronger, but I think they just produce absolutely brilliant work. And I was really, really impressed with when Marnie was there. Um, I think it's another kind of just vehicle for them for their amazing animation, great storytelling, um, great visuals, amazing sound. It just has the whole entire package. Um, I think it's definitely more of a kind of reason to celebrate them at the moment is potentially Shiri Ghibli might be ceasing production on their animation. So it hasn't been confirmed yeah, I know a lot of outlets are sort of saying it as if it's fact, but it hasn't been confirmed. We hope it's not the case, but this could be the last animation made by the great studio, so I'm hoping that isn't so. Just the film itself, it's the really, really sweet story of a little girl called Anna. So many of their films are through the eyes of young children, and I think that's one of the things that's really special about them. Um, she's with her adoptive mother, she suffers from asthma, she has an attack, and she's sent away to a town to sort of recuperate and to clear her lungs, and she comes across an old mansion that she's really just you know amazed by she loves it and she starts going there at night and she meets a girl called Marnie and it's not clear whether Marnie's real or if she's a figment of Anna's imagination and it's basically figuring out who this girl is and what she is and what she means and watching Anna go on this amazing journey of friendship so it's a great film uh, a really strong piece from the studio in their body of work maybe not at the top end of their body of work but definitely something that's worth seeing so if you're free this month going to cinema definitely check out when Marnie was there I think when it comes to Ghibli though, um, even their battle, apart from Tales from the Earthsea, even their bad movies are better than the average animation movies. Agreed. So um, I do, I loved it when Marnie was there. It's very spiritual mm-hmm. and that kind of meaning and the imagery across the lake and stuff was really beautiful. So I haven't really seen any Ghibli films. Shame so... on you. Shame. We're hitting him as we speak. Shame. <laughs> No Ghibli films, why? Just haven't. I mean, I've, I've seen the uh, Pom Poco, the raccoon one. But <laughs> The raccoon one? Yes, that I, I wasn't too impressed with it, to be honest, so... Out of all of Ghibli's work, you picked the weirdest one to watch first. Technically, you picked it for me, actually. Oh, I did! <laughs> Awkward. You haven't seen Pompoko. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my list. It's basically about raccoons and they've got shape-shifting testicles. Hooray! And it's amazing. And I found it really emotional. Um, there are uh, You can't believe that you're crying over raccoon dogs with their shape-shifting testicles. Um, but yeah, no, it's an interesting premise. As someone who loves raccoons, you know, I feel like I still need to meet Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. That's going to that's gonna affect me. But I will watch it because I tend to watch everything in Studio Ghibli soon. So moving on from the testicles. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have been watching The Nice Guys. From Shane Black stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, which is an interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they're two different actors, uh, two different generations of actors. And surprisingly, the funniest film I've seen this year. Um, Shane Black always... Best than Deadpool. Um, 
Oh, okay. Second funniest movie of the year. Okay. Uh, Deadpool is so fantastic that it just escaped my mind there. Um, Shane Black, uh, it's a similar kind of genre to how he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is crime, noir, comedy, capers. And this one really feels like the classic 70s mm-hmm. caper movies, um, you know, Pink Panther and that kind of silliness, but also has a seriousness about it. Ryan Gosling is the funniest thing in this film and you wouldn't expect it because he comes from this kind of romantic lead slash indie background so mm-hmm. people know him more for like the stoicism in drive or like crying in the rain <laughs> in the notebook and making us all cry mm-hmm. apart from maybe graham did you write a notebook? I haven't seen the notebook. Oh, oh for God's sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he's so funny. He has this scream. And I remember um, Edith Bowman said it's very reminiscent of Gene Wilder's kind of scream and his kind of personality when he did movies. And it, I can see that. Um, he also has very good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. So in scenes where he needs to pause for a long just to make the comedy hit, he does. And I've heard stories that this is not just him acting, this is how he is. He's actually a really funny guy and it works well against Russell Crowe's character who's a bit more of a punch first, talk later kind of person. And just their kind of meeting and how they team up is just brilliant to watch and the story unfolds gloriously. Mm. And it's all set in 70s, it's got all this really good music in the background, you know, Papa was a Rolling Stone and all that kind Mm. of Motown-ness great aesthetics and it's just one to watch it's so funny okay I actually haven't seen the film yet but definitely on you speaking about it I want to check it out I think uh, Ryan Gosling is an actor I think he's talented he's really good on screen obviously we've all seen what he looks like so of course you want to lick the screen when he's there Um, but he's got real presence and I think with him I just like to see him do or get out of his comfort zone a bit more. I think he's done the whole silent, brooding, dark, occasionally violent character like we see in Drive and things like that. And I just want to see him play more than that because I think he's got such potential to be that all-round kind of actor. And I think he's slightly pigeonholed himself with some darker roles. So I think this is a good move for him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, I'd agree. I I haven't seen either, but I have plans to see it in the next week or two. So Mm. I'll probably give my opinion later on some other time so i have been watching preacher it's fucking amazing (laughs) oh god preacher is yet another comic book adaptation but it's not superheroes it is kind of more walking dead style it's by actually i think it's not by image it's not at all actually it's not anything to do that it's by garth ennis though originally and it's been adapted to the screen by seth rogan who's producing it and it stars Donnick Cooper and Joseph Gilgan and Ruth Negger and they are amazing and fantastic and oh my god I love it so <laughs> fucking much oh Sarah you are in agreement I believe I am in absolute agreement um, there's been a lot of like recent Supernatural TV series that came out at the same time Outcast came out by Fox and Preacher has just kind of set a really high bar for weird, gory, funny, dark shows all mixed together with a really British cast. (laughs) Um, He even has the guy who plays um, Billy Wiggins and Sherlock. He appears in it. So it's like they just went to England and went, all right, you guys, and moved over to America. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just work so well. And Joseph Gilgan has become my top actor at the moment. He is fantastic. I I will admit, I've said this quite a few times now, so people are probably fed up with me saying it, but I would have preferred Michael Smiley in 
the role of Cassidy, who Joseph Gilgan plays. That's purely because I've read the comics before I saw this, and that's how I always imagined that character in my head. Gilgan is fantastic. He is amazing. He sells the character so well. But in my mind, there's always just this slightly more dour, restrained version of him, played by Michael Smiley, and it's awesome. Although, um, Cassidy does have one character flaw. He doesn't like the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, he doesn't like the Big Lebowski. Controversial. controversial. I know, I know. That's not all I've watched. Uh, yesterday, I went to see The Boss. <sighs> and that's the end of his review. Yeah, let's not, let's not talk about that. It, it, it's, a, it's rather dull. There's a couple of sort of, not saving moments, but they, they wake you up if you're falling asleep. That's pretty much it to say. It's it's average. It's I never saw Tammy, but I'm assuming it's in the same vein as that with Melissa McCarthy mm. and her character. Mm. I just I just couldn't get into it at all. The people I went with um, was a bunch of students. That sounds wrong. No, I say that out loud, but <laughs> they were students. I, I'm not a student. <laughs> <laughs> he works in a school. Yeah, to put it out there. Yes. Yeah. Please, please don't call. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm on the watch list already. It's fine. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just so average and predictable and dull. And I mean, you don't see his name anywhere in it, but Peter Dinklage is in it. Mm. And I get the feeling that he had his, you know, he basically saw it and said, I don't really want my name attached to this. Can we just take me away from it and I'll... I really feel, when I was watching The Boss, um, really disappointed because I there's so much potential with Mr. McCarthy, which we'll talk about later. Mm. I always... I just feel from Kristen Bell and Peter Dinklage and everyone else they're getting their paychecks and that's how mm. it feels like Kirsten mm. Kristen Bell Kristen. she can do so much mm. and she you know she did this she did Veronica Mars which mm. was brilliant mm. she did this really effervescent voice work in Frozen yeah. she can do Forgetting Sarah Marshall which was brilliant and she has this kind of uh, multifaceted actress and then in this she's just so dull and her character is so lifeless uh, you don't you need someone else. You can play the straight character, but the straight character has still got to have a little bit of spice to him yeah. to grate against yeah. the crazy character. And then obviously Peter Dinklage feels like he's just been sandwiched in and he's just getting money in between Game of Thrones yeah. seasons. So it's just, and it's so unfunny. And you can tell where they're trying to be funny as well. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah can... the, um, the finale. Should I just spoil it? Because, you know, it, who really gives a shit? Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, the finale involves Melissa McCarthy's character has sold the company she's made to Peter Dinklage's character and they're going to steal the contract back before Monday morning and he'll send it out. So he gets captured or they get caught in the office. Peter Dinklage decides to get a samurai sword and then Peter Dinklage and Melissa McCarthy fight each other in the office and on the roof with samurai swords. Oh, it's so terrible. And you're just spending the entire time watching it thinking, someone was probably sitting there going, this is fucking hilarious during the writing, but it just comes across as what's what's wacky and random. Ooh, samurai swords and a dwarf fighting with them and a fat woman. Well, not fat woman, but... Is it wrong that as you say that, I have the image of uh, Yoda fighting uh, Dooku in... You're very incorrect in your images. Is... Yeah, okay. Sorry, I just had that image in my head. I had to put it out there. I'm sure someone else was also thinking that. I don't think that's controversial. It was just putting it out there. 
But um, yeah, I mean, the thing that annoys me about this film and the way it's been received is just Melissa McCarthy, I think, is a really amazing talent. I think she's a really funny woman. I think, we, we you know, a lot of the stuff that she does when she's good, she ad-libs. Um, she's really, really great. And we're going to hear a lot more about her this year because obviously she's in a film that is... Well, I'm going to say anticipated, but obviously I, I say that in the good and the bad way because obviously she's in the Ghostbusters remake that is coming yes. out next month. Mm. Um, so with Ghostbusters, I'm going to do a full, uh, quite a bit more on this in a separate feature from the mouth of Mojo. But just speaking about it, obviously, a lot of people got a lot of opinions about it. But her as an actress, she's so funny. And the film does have a, you know, a very good cast and it's getting an awful lot of hate for a lot of reasons. But a lot of the reason it's getting hate is because there are women in the film. Which, so as, as someone with you know a, a uterus, it's, get, it's getting on my tits a bit. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's really annoying. It's really annoying because obviously of women can't do anything. Yeah, of course not, no. Having someone turn around. Well, of and... course, the only reason you can do this podcast is because I'm here. I know, if you weren't here, no one would listen to this. Actually, technically the reason you do the podcast is because I'm here. because. I have the equipment and the editing and no offence but shut up Graham <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because of your <laughs> it's not because of our sex no, no basically what I don't like is people assume that because Ghostbusters happening it's all women mm. then it's just the feminist agenda that we're trying yeah. to take over and it's like oh great one movie in the sea of 5,000 that's led by women mm. and apparently we're trying to take over it's the same with LGBT characters and um, minority casting as well and with Ghostbusters what else annoying because this violent sexist mm. um, group are taking over the general concerns for the film yeah. which is the fact that it's unoriginal and it denotes a lot of Hollywood yeah I mean when it talks to uh, remakes and reboots like don't get me wrong I'm a film lover and I think there's a frustration amongst film lovers and cinema goers at the moment that you can't go to the cinema at the moment or even hearing about you know film news new remake new reboot you know based on this based on that and as a film lover don't get me wrong there are so many reboots and remakes and reimaginings and things like that that you know are good but I want the same level of of originality I want original scripts I want original screenplays and things like that and it's not happening and I'm feeling that frustration and I think also from a film fan point of view I wonder you know are these studios really sitting around saying you know what's a really good film that we could do something really great with let's do this but let's do this with it do I think they're doing that? No, I think they're seeing, oh, you know what, that was popular. People like that. If we remake that half arsely, I'm sure people will come and watch it and it will make loads of money. And that's the issue I have. If you genuinely believe there's a film that you can do something new and interesting with and that you can, you know, make it uh, a homage to the original while still being really interesting, I would love for you to do that because there are ones that do do that. But the kind of swarm of them that's happening at the moment just mm. isn't cutting yeah. it at the moment. And, you know, I feel like especially as a kid for, of the 80s and 90s that my childhood's just being pillaged at a rate that I can't stop. <laughs> and it's pissing me off. Is there anything sacred anymore? The annoying thing, and I don't mean to criticise everyone, but audiences are going to see these movies. Yeah. And they are, like, making box office money. So Hollywood's going to continue. Yeah. And in, I've always said this, and I always say this, until people throw their weight behind independent original scripts and movies and, you know, smaller films yeah. that deserve a lot of love, you know, stuff like Green Room and Sing Street and Nice Guys and yeah. The Voices yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Ex Machina... Uh, then the oh. more Hollywood are going to go we need to invest in original movies yeah. but people go oh I don't want to go and see Ghostbusters but mm. I'll watch it so I can just prove how rubbish it is yeah. 
Hollywood's still making money. They're going, ah, oh, well, we've just made millions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think a really good example of that, and it's a film that really annoys me, and I, I had to go sit through the first one, and it just it was painful, um, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, and how quickly the second one has come out. And I was like, why would they remake that utter shit? You know why? Because it made, was it 450 million? Mm-hmm. It's one of the stupidest, crap, awful films I've ever seen. It's abysmal acting. I would not let those turtles near my kids. They're not turtles. <laughs> they're abominations. Um, but it's, you know, the, the original, even the original 80s film, I know, you know, kids today will look at it and be like, oh, it's some guy wearing a foam costume that's been sprayed green. I will take that costume over the effects of today <laughs> yeah. because it was fun and it, there was spirit to it and it was just done in a, a real sense of just fun and, you know, a good movie and a good franchise. And the new films have completely robbed it of that. But sadly, it made so much money, so it justified a sequel. And I'm pretty sure they're already working on the third one, which makes me upset. And the annoying thing is that I went to see Turtles for the integrity of the site, just, you know, to get some review on it. Mm. And I walked out halfway through. Not even halfway through. I made it to 30 minutes. And I've only ever walked out of one movie beforehand. And I've sat through some tripe. We sat through The Counselor, guys. And Spring Breakers. Yes, we did. And... Turtles was packed and it's still selling out screens um, and I think out there it does appeal to uh, the small kids um, yeah. like the 8 year olds and the 9 year olds who aren't quite into cartoons anymore yeah. but they still want to watch silly stuff Yeah. but honestly it is a plague on your brain mm-hmm. and I wouldn't go watch it yeah. Um, and talking about reboots and remakes Graham? Yes well not really kind of a reboot I suppose Uh the sequel to Independence Day. Independence Day Resurgence. Ooh. Ooh. I'm kind of weirdly looking forward to it. There's I don't know why. There's something nostalgic about the original, isn't there? So I think that's definitely yeah. got it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It, it just... I, I don't think Roland Emmerich can write dialogue to save his life. <laughs> you know, part of that might be the way it's edited because it does every single line from the trailers feels like it's just a sort of doom note. You know... We had to save the world. Damn! We had to, you know, the world's going to end. Damn! Just every single line. There's, you just feel they've cut it out, yeah. shoved it in there, just so we can have this epic sense of doom. But yeah. it doesn't quite work itself out. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's. I think it's going to sell well, but I think it's going to be a bit of a travesty. I haven't actually been excited for this film at all and loads of people I found might be like oh I'm really excited for it and I'm like but it's the same film just made with darker graphics which mm-hmm. is a really annoying thing of action movies right now mm-hmm. everything has to be grim and grimy yeah. and have like this like deep aesthetic it's like the brilliance of Independence Day was the fact it was cheesy and it was you know big bands yeah. and all American and you mm-hmm. know this one feels more like it's going down the Man of Steel route where it's like everything's dark and everything's dying and everyone's going to die yeah. and even having Jeff Goldblum's kind of funny moments in the trailer still doesn't feel like it's epic and cheesy enough. Like, the 90s action movies were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when obviously, you know, we're from a different generation. We're not going to say our ages, but we are from maybe some of you, you know, out there with your iPads. Um, but we are. I mean, the original for me, just seeing the White House get blown up was just so incredible. 
and yeah. it was such an experience that film so I think I love you know for the action of that obviously technology has moved on you know you guys see buildings and planets get blown up every other weekend um, this one is missing one very vital ingredient so I am gonna I am gonna reference the elephant in the room obviously this one doesn't have Will Smith and I think a lot of the first film uh, was really on Will Smith's charisma whether you like or don't like Will Smith I'm, I'm a big fan of him I do think he's actually a very good actor especially even in these serious roles um, you can't deny the boy has presence when it comes to being on screen I mean Definitely. something like I Am Legend he can carry it the first half an hour I don't think there's any dialogue yeah. he's got real presence and this one doesn't have him so you've got to have a cast that can make up for that and that's sort of the worry that I have with this film I wouldn't say I'm too excited I can imagine I'm going to see it but I'm not too excited um, Liam Hemsworth is there and anyone who knows me knows that I feel he is the superior Hemsworth <laughs> so I will uh, I said it Ooh, controversial. I know I think the Hems Chris Hemsworth fans are probably hunting me down right now but I'm a, I do like Liam Hemsworth so I'll probably go see it just to look at him really but yeah I, I feel like it's it's been done in a different kind of vein as the first one so I feel like if you're going to go and see it because you love the original I feel like you're going to walk out disappointed and I don't feel like it can quite match the action that this generation like Fast and Furious like yeah. so I feel it's kind of in between yeah, yeah Will Smith was a lot of the comedy and yeah. the charisma and you can't reimagine Liam Hemsworth punching the alien and going welcome to America yeah I'd like, like to see him try Earth. welcome to Earth <laughs> yeah. yeah sorry there's no to duo anymore so yeah. having Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith yeah the bromance in a spaceship together with a cigar yeah going hello yeah. to an alien is like the highlight of my cinematic life yeah it was yeah. great in the film and you can't I mean as much as like Liam Hemsworth is like oh, yeah, pretty to look at he doesn't have comedy, comedy charisma at the moment like yeah. he's done he did The Dressmaker which is the closest I've seen him in a comedy role but he's very serious like Chris has comedy moments I get it everyone prefers Chris <laughs> I really get it but Liam's I'm... very like Gale yeah <laughs> very serious I don't actually think I've seen any film with the Liam Hemsworth in. You haven't seen any of the Hunger Games? Nope. Graham, why are you here? Because <laughs> <laughs> I watch films. <laughs> Good point. But yeah, and no, I, I think I think having Will Smith, and there's the reasons why Will Smith supposedly turned down the film, which is a bit, not sure about that. Apparently it was something to do with money, which is a bit weird. Either way. But yeah, I think having not having Will Smith in a film definitely leaves a massive hole. And I do feel like, can they fill it? I don't think they can. So I think that's going to be a thing that really, really does hurt it. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, sadly. Just another remake on the horizon at the moment. Yeah. Lots of remakes. Talking about remakes again. Yes. I'm actually really looking forward to Steven Spielberg's um, conception of the BFG. If you don't know the BFG, it uh, stands for the Big Friendly Giant, which is a book by Roald Dahl. And it was first made into a cartoon film in the 90s or late 80s. Yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Um, and had David Jason... Um, as the voice of the BFG and honestly as much as Mark Rylance is like the actor at the moment he's having like a field day this year like yeah. won an NE and then a Golden Globe mm-hmm. and an Oscar um, and now he's in the BFG I just don't think it can match the jovialness of David Jason but from the trailers it just looks like Steven Spielberg is back into his realm of yeah. fantasy romps and get going through the eyes of a child yeah, and ET, taking like yeah going into this different world of giants and it looks like it has that innocence that the book had not just Sophie's innocence who's the main character who the BFG takes from an orphanage because she he um, hears her and knows how lonely she is and he's lonely too and they sort of become friends sort of become friends they do become friends mm-hmm. it's not just her innocence it's his innocence as well as this friendly giant because all giants are mean and horrible yeah. and from the trailers it just looks like Stephen Spielberg has caught that spot on and they've done motion capture for Rylance, mm-hmm. so it's like Rylance's face is the BFG. 
um it just looks wonderful i think it's going to i don't think it's going to be as great as the original bfg because who can beat the whiz papa song um <laughs> by david jason but i think it's gonna just be a, a bigger hit than people are expecting mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think it would be great um steven spielberg is as a director he's kind of weird he's someone who i have wrestled loving that sounds like a really strange phase but obviously if you were born when i was born you grew up and there was jaws which you know i I go into the sea and i'm just like should i really be doing this uh because of jaws and obviously et which i think as a film there's certain films you forget how perfect they are until you watch them and i think et is one of those films it still breaks my heart there's the scene where sorry if you haven't seen i'm gonna spoil but there's a bit where elliot and et get lost and you actually his older brother goes to find et and he's actually laying in a river and it's this sweet adorable little alien he's been out all night and he's really really ill he's white and still to this day i just want to pick him up and hug him and make sure he's warm um so and then he later on he's sort of done films like minority report and he did the color purple which is a book because i read the book i really didn't like the version that he had done on screen um so i've kind of wrestled with him this feels like he could be going back to his you know the reason that we all loved him as a director um so i'm i am excited about this film i've got to say um also on this it's another roald Dahl adaptation there's so many great ones and i think that we should definitely get on getting a roald Dahl day which why is that not a thing that's very true we that should be a thing people start hashtagging that there should be a roald Dahl day but yeah that's my i'm looking forward to it i think it could be a really really good project for the director and everyone involved so i think we're gonna call it there if you guys are okay with that yeah yeah good yeah. good so thank you very much for listening uh please check out we make movies on weekends.com for all your film and tv goodness and more we also make movies too yes we do yes movies too check out our trailer for toby our latest piece in the work mm-hmm. and if you have any questions leave them in the comments or i don't know paper plane them to us somehow we send like owls i like yeah. owls. owls yeah but please don't feed them too much beforehand because we have to clear up after ourselves as well. Yeah, no one likes no one likes Alpu. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, thank you very much to Joe and Sarah for joining me with this. Thank I you. have thank been you. Graham and we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye guys! Bye.